Has homosexual always been in the Bible is a question we've been receiving lately. So we look to see where that came from, that concept. It comes from uh, the United Methodist Church. And uh, here's what is said in an article by them. It says, Ed Oxford, a gay Christian, a graduate of Talbot School of Theology and a researcher in how the Bible has been weaponized against GLBTQ people, his first book written by Kathy Baldock, who's also a lesbian, Forging a Sacred Weapon, uh, name of their book, How the Bible Became Anti-Gay. Uh, so their argument is that the concept of homosexual just appeared in the Bible of late date and, uh, and, and less than 100 years ago. And so for that reason, the Bible, they say, doesn't really condemn homosexuality. And so we're going to take you through how they came to that conclusion, their arguments, and then show you what the Bible says. Now, we're not, we're not campaigning against homosexuals. We are not uh, trying to set up a, a, play, a division between Americans that some are homosexuals, some are not. That's not. We don't divide America like that. In America, we're all free to do as we please. What we're concerned about simply is one thing. Not somebody's bigotry, not what somebody feels about it, but what does the Bible say? That's our only question. That's our only issue. Okay, here's what they say in this article and in the information that's in the upcoming book. The term homosexual is a rather recent addition to the Bible and does not accurately represent the Greek. <laughs> oh, so... They're telling us now that the original Greek Bible didn't have the word homosexual in it. Well, we've been saying that for a long time. We knew that all along because the word homosexual is a noun describing a nature uh, of an individual. The Bible doesn't use such a term. Rather, it speaks of the actions of individuals. In other words, a person can commit an act of sodomy, not be a homosexual, and violate the scriptural prohibition against sodomy. A person can commit a homosexual act and be consider himself straight and be in violation. God does not condemn anyone for their state of being. God condemns us for our actions, our voluntary, willful actions of lust. God doesn't categorize us into straight and homosexual. He doesn't do that, so therefore the Bible doesn't do that. God sees us all as his creation, his people, and he has the same rules for everyone. So we're going to see that in Scripture here. Now this first appeared, they tell us, in the Revised Standard Version in 1952. So the word homosexual was not in any Bible until this corrupt version called the Revised Standard Version came out in 1952. Now, the reason they did that is they were trying to be chick. They're trying to be up to date. They're trying to be cool. And so they invented, they took this word that had been invented back in 1883 or something like that by a psychologist who used the word to describe the aberrant behavior of people who were practicing uh, perverted acts. So they called them same sex as opposed to heterosexual. According to the Ed Oxford, this is the two authors, and Kathy Baldock, the, this is what this is, the Greek original word, asinokopes, translated beginning in the 1500s, 
till 1883 in German as, and I can't read the German word, boy molester. So the argument is that this word asinokoipes uh, in the Greek, only used twice in the Bible, uh, should be translated boy molesters. So they say that the Bible does not condemn gays or lesbians uh, of the nature of a person as they consider one born as that's their constitutional structure. Only straights who do homosexual acts. <laughs> that's a stretch way too far. In other words, they're saying the Bible condemns straight people who do queer things. It doesn't dear condemn queer people who do queer things. Or anyone who forces himself or herself upon children, or in other words, pedophiles. So they're saying that, uh, that the Bible condemns molesting children, and somewhere they listed 8 to 13, something like that, uh, and not <laughs> men with men or women with women. Now that's their whole argument, and that's the origin of this thing that's going around among Christians uh, they're getting the information from a man, Ed, who discovered at 16 that he was homosexual. He was not homosexual. He was gay. And uh, so he goes to Bible college and discovers that the Bible is wrong. And so he does some research into foreign languages and discovers that the German used this word that could be translated boy molesters, and certainly a boy molester is a homosexual. <laughs> and so th the word is broader than just, it. yes, it's boy molester, but it's much broader than that as well. We'll see that in scriptures. All right, here is the passage, the two passages of scriptures that they base their argument on. Now what's interesting is they're misrepresenting the nature of the problem that they're addressing. They act as if these two verses and this one Greek word is all that the argument hangs on. And these are minor verses dealing with homosexuality, sodomy, minor verses, uh, not the major verses that we use in the scriptures. They take these minor verses and try to find a new meaning for the word. Now let's read them. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Know ye not the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. Now the word effeminate right here, which is the word malikos, uh, is soft. It means soft, uh, delicate. Uh, so God finds a problem with males that are effeminate. Nor, and here's the phrase in the King James Bible, abusers of themselves with mankind. And that's the word asinokopes, right here in the Greek. Said these shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So a person who is asinokopes does that, will not inherit the kingdom of God. No, it's, it's a verb, abusers. It's not a nature he's talking about. It's an action, something you do of themselves with mankind, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now this word effeminate in the Greek lexicon, uh, malikos, is defined as for a boy kept for homosexual relationships with a man. Now that's where uh, our authors tell us that the definition lies. But notice the expansion upon it. It's also of a male who submits his body 
to unnatural lewdness, it's also of a male prostitute. So to take the broad definition of the word and limit it down to just children, when the scripture is so explicit, is like a bridge too far. Okay, now here is the other phrase in this passage, nor abusers themselves with mankind. This is the key word they're dealing with. This word of synecopace. Uh, abuses themselves with mankind. Now, Strong's defines it as two occurrences in the authorized version, he said, abuses oneself with mankind and defile self with mankind. So that's twice it's translated, twice it appears, and once abuses themselves with mankind, second, defile themselves with mankind. Now, it also says it's one who lives with a male as with a female comma, sodomite, comma, homosexual. Now, just because terms are used in a Greek lexicon doesn't make it biblical or true, but there is a preponderance of evidence among the lexicons. Now, here's the second use of this word of syndicopes. Uh, 1 Timothy 1.9, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly, for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers, for fathers, for murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind. There, the second usage of it, defile themselves with mankind. Now, for those of you who are gay, homosexual, whatever, uh, what, notice here that there's a long list of sins. The first sin is lawless, disobedient, ungodly, sinners, unholy, profane, murderers, fathers, murderers, mothers, so forth, manslayers, whoremongers. Those are all sins of straight people and them that defile themselves with mankind. Then he says men stealers. That's kidnapping people. For liars, for perjured persons. That's a white collar crime. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. So it's one in a list of sins. I know sometimes you feel like that Christians single out homosexuality as if it were the whole case, the whole dark side. Uh, we don't practice conversion therapy. In other words, our goal is not to convert you from being a homosexual to being straight. Our goal is to introduce you to the Lord Jesus Christ, and in experiencing him, you will want to be godly. You will want to be like him, and you will stop your homosexuality. So how do you know that? Well, I've not practiced conversion therapy, but I've known a lot of people who've been converted to the Lord Jesus Christ, who were homosexual, lesbians, converted to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they got converted to Christ, they wanted to change, and they did. And they're married today, have children today, some of them are old today, and are grandparents today that I've known in my life. And it was not a difficult thing. It didn't require any therapy. It just required them believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and their heart was changed and they desired to use their body in a holy way instead of a sinful way. So I'm just wanting to emphasize that it's one of many sins that the Bible mentions. It's just as bad as murderers, just as bad as slayers of mothers, just as bad as whoremongers. That's a man going after whores just as bad as kidnapping people, lying, and being a politician, perjuring yourself. So it is a list of sins here. Now let's go on. Now this is what 
Kathy Baldock, who is the co-author, she's a lesbian, says, quote, anti-gay Christian authors have constructed a thin, lazy, and sloppy theology based on assumptions. Well, that's a thin, lazy, and sloppy statement she just made, and a great big assumption. Mistranslations, so she's telling us that we've mistranslated the Bible, and a lack of understanding of the spectrum of sexual orientation. I admit to that. I admit to a lack of understanding of the spectrum of sexual orientation. I'm not sure the spectrum has stopped specking yet. I think it's still expanding. I think the number is growing every day, and I'll never understand it. That's right. Now, the Bible has been used as a sacred weapon. No, 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 no. We, we don't use the Bible as a weapon. The, weapon. the Bible is gauze. It's medicine. It's a bomb. It's healing. It's stitches to, uh, to seal up a cut wound. Uh, the Bible is, is water for those that are thirsty. It's life been used as a sacred weapon causing damage to many of God's children who are the most certainly not excluded from the kingdom of God. So their goal is to normalize homosexuality, gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, queer, to normalize those things until you and I admit that the Bible's wrong or mistranslated and that the Bible uh, justifies, just like the Pope recently established, that the Bible promotes queer marriage and so forth. They want us to come over and uh, agree with that. Well, are we going to agree with you for political reasons, or are we going to continue to agree with God? So he's forging a sacred weapon, how the Bible became anti-gay is their book. They said we, they will expose the historical record of a mistranslation. Now, they do that by going back to German in particular, way on back, and showing the German translation. Help repair the damage done to the GLBTQ people and their families and bring greater levels of repentance within the Christian church for harm done. So all you Christians out there, these, this Kathy Baldock and, and uh, this other guy, whatever his name was, uh, they want you to repent. They want you to repent of the harm you've done to the Christian church. Because you have thought that when God said that he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for going after strange flesh, that he really didn't mean it. That when he said there'd be no Sodomite in the house of God, he did, really didn't mean it. And when he said that when men work, men do with men that which normally they do with women, he says that's an abomination. They said that's not true. Let's go and bring greater levels of repentance when the Christian. Okay, she says, I think one of the most accurate translations of this passage that we've dealt with, I'll send no copays, abuses themselves with mankind. One of the most accurate translations might be, now she quotes the, Bible, the book called The Message, supposed to be a Bible translation. Here it is. Those who use and abuse sex and those who use and abuse others. So that's the translation they prefer for this word that's translated homosexual in many modern Bibles, those who use and abuse sex, which they would say, of course, they're not. They would say, if you mess with children, that's abusing it. And those who use and abuse others. Now, this is the message right here. Um, you can read it. 
Let me bring it right down where we isolated. There it is. Those who use and abuse each other, use and abuse sex, use and abuse the earth and everything in it, don't qualify as citizens in God's kingdom. That's supposed to be a Bible translation. Now, I don't know where that use and abuse the earth came from. That was not, there's nothing in the Greek anywhere like that. But since this is a modern Bible, they're not bound by the historical text. They can simply put in what they want to. Since the Bible's not the inspired word of God, why not adjust it and adapt it to modern times, which they've done. So this is the passage. This is the background of these people who started this movement that some of you Christians have been deceived by. I'll let you decide if you want to keep on that road. Okay. Now here, there, I have many, many standard Greek lexicons and dictionaries. And so I looked at a few of them. And here is how they, and some of these date back into the two, three hundred years old. And uh, some of them are, mo are modern in the late 20th century. Lindell Scott Jones and McKenzie says, translates the, that term sodomite. Brown, New, Inter New International Dictionary of the New Testament, translates it as male homosexual pederist. Now that would be child molester right there. That would be the, the term that they prefer for it to be isolated to, or sodomite. It's all of those things. And then uh, Lou and Nada, this is a Greek lexicon in the New Testament, translate a male partner in homosexual intercourse, dash homosexual. Complete word study of the Bible translates it, a man who lies in bed with another male, a homosexual. Now, are you going to believe a gay man and a lesbian woman who've dedicated their life to trying to justify their sin by, without foundation, challenging what the Bible itself says, are you going to trust a long history of Greek and Hebrew scholars, lexicons, and the Word of God itself, which takes exact diametrically opposed view to these two writers who will come out with a book here in a couple, three months, apparently. Now, let's see what the Bible says. This is the passage they're not dealing with. This is the one they t skip over to wrestle with the Greek meaning of one word. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. You see, your body is is made to be used as by nature as God designed it. And God designed male and female to be in physical and emotional and spiritual union. He didn't design for male and male or female and female. So when male gets on male or female on female, that dishonors the body. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. That's what these two authors are doing. They're changing the truth of God into a lie. If a Christian believes that, you're believing a liar and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. Uh, the deviant sexual lifestyle, not just the GLB, whatever, but also straight honky-tonk style and Hollywood lifestyle, uh, wants to change the truth of God so they can worship and serve the creature more than the creator. Most of your singers and performers, 
They worship and serve the creature more than the creator, who's blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, because of what we just read, God gave them up unto vile affections. I've had lesbians or homosexuals say to me, well, I love him or I love her. The Bible calls that a vile affection. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. So when a woman goes on a woman, that's against nature. Their plumbing is the same and therefore won't fit together. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men. It's not men with children. It's not pedophilia he's talking about. It's men with men, men one toward another, working that which is unseemly. He said you shouldn't see it. You shouldn't see it in a movie. You shouldn't see it in a picture. You shouldn't see it anytime, anywhere. It's unseemly. And receiving in themselves that recompense of the arrow which meet. We found out of late that what happens to homosexuals is they change their brains. Their brains actually change through magnetic resonance imaging. You can see that. And you can see about that in my uh, video series on the science of addiction and the brain. Now, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things, that's man on man, woman on woman, are worthy of death. Very clear. Now this passage doesn't allow you to change one word, one Greek word or two Greek words and change the passage. It's repetitive. It uses plain terminology. It speaks in such a way no one could understand in any language. And through every Bible, every commentary, down through history, it's been well understood to be a condemnation of all homosexual acts, male or female, without exception. Not only, he said, they're worthy of death, not only do the same, not only the people worthy of death that do this, but those who have pleasure in them that do them. In other words, those of you Christians seeking to justify the homosexual, seeking so you can feel good and and loving and kind and forgiving and, and accepting and inclusive of the homosexual into your little family circle. The Bible says you're worthy of death because you take pleasure in something God condemns. Something God says is an abomination. You take pleasure in it. If you can watch it in pornography and take pleasure in it, you're worthy of death. Let's read on. Two final verses to show you that these, these can't be retranslated or reinterpreted either. Leviticus 18. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. That's very clear. See, it doesn't matter if you call yourself a queer or lesbian or what. When you lie with someone of your own sex, now that word lie is a a word that's used to describe intimacy, sexual intimacy with them, then you've committed an abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therein. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down. It is confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these things the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. The way God cast them out is God kills the men, women, children, and even their animals because their animals were defiled 
by their defiling practices. Now Leviticus 20.13 says, If a man also lie with mankind, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have a, committed an abomination, they shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Now, you say then, why aren't you for the execution of men who lie with men or women with women today? Because this is addressed to the Jewish nation. This is addressed to the nation of Israel. This is their, um, their, their uh, constitution. This is their, uh, uh, the laws of their land. And this is not written for us today in America. This is written for the Jews in their time. You say, well, then that means that it's okay to lie with mankind. No, the moral principle remains the same. But the command to bring them into court, find them guilty, and put them to death is not a mandate that we should have under our present legal system. Nor would I be for it unless God came down and reinstituted it, which he has not. So the point here is that God calls it such a sin that in that day and age, he wanted them to put to death anyone who called himself gay. Now, if I meet you out on the street on an airplane and you tell me you're gay, I will not, <laughs> I will not look shocked or offended or call you names or treat you as if you're inferior and I will not condemn you. Uh, what I'll do is I will share with you what the Lord Jesus Christ means to me and how he's forgiven me of my sin. My sin would send me to hell just as quick as your sin will send you to hell. My sin is offensive to God just as your sin is offensive to God. My sin is different from yours, but it's still sin is still offensive. And so I would simply share with you the joys of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. And it just might be that you realize how empty and meaningless your life has been, how you search for something in sex that you've not been able to find. And, you know, if you could come and spend time with me and my family and my kids and my grandkids, I'd keep an eye on you. But if you could come and do that, you would go away saying, I missed it. That's where life is. That's, where, that's what life ought to be right there. You would see the joys of a man and a woman together and of their kids and their grandkids and uh, growing old and uh, uh, their friends and their family and the good relationships, the holiness, the peace, the sweetness, the righteousness of it all. And you'd want to repent. You'd want to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, okay, I want to be a new creature in the Lord Jesus. I want to, I want to be made whole. I want to be, live according to nature once again. And God will put his spirit in you, forgive you of all your sins. And uh, you won't be a homosexual anymore. Okay, uh, I've answered that question. There's a lot more we could have said, but uh, I think we'll just stop there.